This podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I'm ready to party! Good morning, Vietnam! Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Magic myth on the wall. Who is the fairest one of all? Yeah. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. And as promised, we're back. We're actually on schedule and in a routine and everything. I know, it's amazing. <laughs> back in a routine. Not being yeah. used to this at all. Absolutely. But now, welcome to His Film, Her Movie. Hello. We are a movie podcast that takes a theme or situation, both picks a film on it, mm-hmm. and then discuss said films. Yes, I'm Jordan. I'm Lauren. And we're at another week. Yes, we are. And it feels quite good. Mm-hmm. Back. Good to be back properly. Yes. And this week, um, the theme is kind of fitting. Is It is the final day of an English sort of government scheme. Yes. Which is eat out to help out. Yes. So you could go and like three days a week you could get. 50% off your food. Yes. It's great. At restaurants. So, unfortunately, it ends today. But we thought we'd take that and run with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we've both chosen films that take places in restaurants. Yes, we have. And what have you chose? I picked the 2009 David Kaplan film, Today's Special. And I chose 1981's Louis Malle's um, My Dinner with Andre. Yes. Um, interesting pick. Um, I picked it to torture me, kind of, um, in a way, in a, in a loving way, torture you. But mm. um, it'd be interesting to see what you what you think of I've that. Kept my mouth shut. You since have watched it. You have. It's been yesterday when we watched it, but we might as well get into it. What film do you want to choose first? We'll start with mine this week because um, I can see us going on about yours <laughs> right i'm trying to read your face yeah silence <laughs> silence and a sarcastic look probably. yeah so we will start with today's special um we'll he will hear a clip and then we'll come back so what's your name samir what do you do i'm a chef oh really hey that's wonderful you know I used to cook for the Oberoi Sheraton, the finest hotel kitchen in all Mumbai. Whoa. I met Indira Gandhi when she came there for a banquet. I created a special pulao in her honor, and she was so taken by it that she came back to the kitchen to thank me personally. Hey, 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 whoa, watch it, watch it. So, do you cook Indian food? No, never. I make a murgi masala that will haunt you like a lost love. Okay, could, could we just not talk, please? Oh, yeah, sure, sure, boss, sure. So, the 2009 Today special uh, was directed by David Kaplan. It's got, it's basically about a uh, chef, a sous chef, Samir, who's trying to distance himself from more 
traditional Indian cooking. Um, and so he cooks in, he, he works in very in a very fancy restaurant. Um, he ends up quitting because he doesn't get the promotion that he wants. And his plan is to go to Paris to train under the greats. But uh, family problems arise and he ends up looking after his dad's restaurant instead, which is a traditional Indian restaurant and is failing. Yeah. So it has lots of really good um, Indian actors in it, which is quite good. There's um, people like um, Harish Patel, who plays um, Hakim, uh, who is um, Samir's dad, who... I think if you've seen, he's kind of like a go-to actor. Yeah, yeah. He's in. Um, he's in, he's. Uh, I I know him from Run Fat Boy Run. Right. So, he's in that. Um, as it as well as um, as if Mandrif, uh, who plays Samia, and is yeah. he um, is he sad in life? Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think. He's. Yeah, I think he was on Saturday Night Saturday Night Live or something like that, previous to this. Um. So really, the whole film is about kind of taking pride in yourself and your work and your heritage, but also Samir has to learn not to be so stiff and cal- calculated in yeah. his cooking, which. As I'm sure Alice would like to know, is I don't say I'm not gonna say you cook bad because you cook amazing, but when you did ask me how I cooked risotto once, and I just said you add stock, you did go in a bit of a tizzy when you were like, well, how much? I was like, uh, till it's done. I don't know. You are definitely more of a you like an answer. Yes. You like measurements. You are smear in this. Um, and the reason why I picked this film was I just find it's a nice fun easy to watch film um the character akbar comes into this and he is uh leading samir through it he's his teacher um and there isn't a bad character in it there's not nobody that you dislike no throughout it and the food just looks amazing yeah, well, when it starts, when the restaurant starts getting up and running, yes. then it looks amazing. Yeah, before that, it doesn't look very good. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, also, his mum is amazing. Yeah. Because she has a full database of prospective wives, and she just, like, sticks sticky notes to them. She's been like, ignore that she looks fat in the photo. It's an old photo, and sticks some rig when he's sitting on the toilet and everything. <laughs> Um, but what did what did you think of it? Because you hadn't seen this film. Before. I hadn't. It, it is. It's it's a lovely little movie. Um, it's as you said. It's it's about sort of understanding your heritage and things like that. But what what I got from it the most was it's yes, it's about family, but it's about being an immigrant mm-hmm. in a country of well, and not even that. It's like what is a what is being a good immigrant? Is it being a good immigrant just assimilating to the culture of where you're living? Or mm-hmm. is it a bit of a both? Or do you keep on all of your sort of history and your heritage and things like that? And maybe it's finding that balance, which it probably is. Yeah, um, because you have like his dad, who is very traditional. Yeah. And then you have Samir, who is 
not. He's yeah. literally trying to just completely assimilate and forget. Forget that he is Indian. Yeah. Um, and that that is the whole like sort of theme that I got from it was just this person trying to wash away where he came from. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, at the start of the film, he always says like, yeah, "Do you cook Indian food?" Never. No. no. And it's. I would like to. I would like to have seen. What was the reasoning behind that? Because we don't really understand why he shunted his I think you his get culture. a little bit of an idea because you're saying about how when his dad came over, his dad was a doctor hmm. and then couldn't get a job as a doctor over here. And it sort of hinted towards this. And his mum says nobody had seen an Indian person before. So it sort of hinted towards... If they've maybe suffered some kind of racism or prejudice or oh, of something like that, um, but obviously, yeah, it, it it's sort of more hinted towards that. They don't because it, it is quite a light film. Yeah, they don't want to go heavy into that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, and I understand that. It's just, it's just sort of like you're thinking he is so against it at the beginning, and then it's he sort of finds it through. Um, I actually forgot what the character's name is. Uh, Akbar. Akbar. And just trying to let go, trying to loosen up and things like that and understanding that. Like, for example, actually, you're saying that at the beginning when we, we have the chef that doesn't give him the promotion. Yes. Now, he, in the film, I think is seen as, like, a bad guy, but I don't think he is. I think he's he's seen basically how... Um. Samir is a good sous chef, but he's not a he's not a chef yet because again he just follows rules. Yes, where he he can't move past that. Where some people maybe really not really great at following rules, but have the inspiration mm-hmm. to to do other things and to do different things. So like, but does he not have the inspiration because he's not taking? Like, usually people get inspiration by creating some sort of fusion. Maybe. And he's sticking just to recipes. Well, yeah, well, he's, he he's like... Learn. He's, he's like, not putting on, oh, you know, it would be really nice if we add, like, an extra spice in, or we did this, or we did this. He's not... But And that's it. When we see him, it's just like, you know, more like authentic French cuisine that he's cooking at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And you see that he's good, because when you have the scene where he walks into the person and they manage to... Drop the plates. Drop the plates, but he gets them out on time. It looks great, brilliant. But yeah, it's one of those where I enjoyed watching it, and I think it brought some really interesting um, subjects. But again, it just maybe it could have done a little bit more, a little bit. For example, like there is a love story within it, which it just that just felt sort of a bit plugged in. Yeah. But it did, you didn't really need that. Yeah. Um, because it, it's sort of it's there for literally. A, a throwaway line at the end that the mother gives to the father mm-hmm. and you're just sort of like well okay I understand that but it's like it feels like a personal film it's I mean it's written by the guy who plays Samuel well co-written yes, by yeah. him so you you might understand that he he maybe felt, felt these expressions against his own culture and how he's came to understand that and, mm-hmm. and embrace it so those aspects of the film feel very personal it's just some things around it just it's, feel a little it, bit... Yeah, it feels a little bit like he's then being told to get this made, you then have to have these yeah. sort of things in. So he's like, all right, I'll chuck him in, but the real story is yeah. he wants to tell something harder. Yeah. 
uh, are more um, multi-sided. Yeah. Because I think as well, it also um, looks at grief and how different people deal with grief. Because this, you find out that Samir's brothers died, mm-hmm. and obviously died a few years ago, but the family, his parents are still grieving, like heavily grieving, mm-hmm. um, for that. And Samir feels very much that he would never have lived up to his brother. Mm-hmm. If his brother had lived, he's like, yes, my brother would have been a doctor, and he would have been amazing. And you know, he actually even says that, and his dad's like, you can't be saying. It's like, well, that that's how he feels. But then learning more more about his heritage brings him closer to his parents and sort of heals that gap that grief has left him which i think is quite nice yeah um and really like the whole the whole film sort of finishes with like it's an acceptance of family and merging cultures and realizing dreams and like all the old traditions mixing with new traditions because that is He's, in, well, he's based in New York and like big, big cities like New York move forward because of that. They move forward because of the people coming in and, well, really anywhere sort of moves forward because of people coming mm. in. Um, but it's probably more apparent where you have people coming from vast different places compared to where we are, where there's now more people coming in. Yeah, but it shows like the evolution of it all. Yeah, but then you can't evolve if you don't have new people and new traditions mixing with the old. Absolutely. So, yeah. I, I, I think it's a nice, easy film to sit and watch. It is. It's, um... It makes me hungry. There's a, there's a final scenes where you actually do see all the food come out. It does look incredible. Yeah, because he makes a sort of, like, a weird sort of fusion. Yeah. With that, it's, like, Indian and French. Not French, well, you, I'm not, no, I think it's mostly just sort of India, but it's just presented in a weird way. Um, so you, you get like sharing plates and things like that, yeah. where it's not just straight up. It's like an Indian tapas. Yeah, kind of. And it does, it looks amazing. So nobody actually gets to pick what they get, they just get like all these different plates. Yeah. That would be my worst nightmare, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got anything else? Um, not as much, though I did find out that the lady who plays um, Samir's mum is actually um, a famous writer in India. Oh. She's made like loads of her own cookbooks. So right. I kind of like the idea that she's maybe like given direction on different kinds of uh, cuisine. You'd think so. In that as well, because there is there is stuff in there that you've not heard of or you've not seen or before so i quite like the idea that she's maybe gone oh we should make this because this looks really good it'll look good on camera and then we can eat it afterwards (laughs) or it keeps really well or yeah awesome that's it brilliant well might as well move on to mine yes the long one the probably hopefully the long one no not hopefully but you know um my dinner with andre and we'll take a little break and we'll come back Mulberry Boys, every Friday night On the show, you better know they keep it tight ETL is back and the J-Strim's in the zone Introduce the co-host, he doesn't do it alone PCZ is 
about to hold court You know he's on the headset, you can hear him snort Pop culture movies, TV shows and games Rotten Tomatoes reviews news and Blu-rays Foggy don't play around, he will bust a drop fast Welcome to the Entertainment Landfill Podcast The Jason and Steven Show It's the Jason and Steven Show What? The Jason and Steven Show It's the Jason and Steven Show podcast you're listening to pretty good isn't it only problem is it's about halfway through pretty soon it'll be over and then what are you gonna do well if you're a fan of this show why not head over to wearepodsyndicate.com and subscribe to our brand new feed pod syndicate the bonus shows every week your hosts from beyond the neon chinstroker versus punter entertainment landfill film bastards his film her movie and what's on tap will be dropping bonus shows right onto that feed These shows might be collaborations and crossovers, or they might be archive episodes, interviews, one-offs, and other treats from across the Pod Syndicate network. So, prepare yourself for the inevitable disappointment of this Pod Syndicate show ending by heading to wearepodsyndicate.com and clicking on the bonus shows. We now return you to your regularly scheduled Pod Syndicate podcast. Well, what? Why do you think that is? I mean, why is that? I mean, is it just because people are, are lazy today or they're bored? I mean, are we just like bored, spoiled children who've just been lying in the bathtub all day, just playing with their plastic duck, and now they're just thinking, well, what can I do? Okay, yes, we are bored. We're all bored now. But has it ever occurred to you, Wally, that the process that creates this boredom that we see in the world now may very well be a self-perpetuating, unconscious form of brainwashing created by a world totalitarian government based on money, and that all of this is much more dangerous than one thinks? And it's not just a question of individual survival, Wally, but that somebody who's bored is asleep, and somebody who's asleep will not say no? See, I keep meeting these people. I mean, uh, just a few days ago, I met this man whom I greatly admire. He's a Swedish physicist, Gustav Bjornstrand, and he told me that he no longer watches television, he doesn't read newspapers, and he doesn't read magazines. He's completely cut them out of his life because he really does feel that we're living in some kind of Orwellian nightmare now and that everything that you hear now contributes to turning you into a robot. So my dinner with Andre, um, film directed by Louis Malle, Mm-hmm. Um, written by Wallace Shawn and Andrea Gregory, who are the two stars yeah. of the film. And what is this film about? It's. I remember Roger Ebert once got asked a question about, can you name a film that is void of cliches? And he said, My Dinner with Andrea, because it just breaks all the rules of what a film should be. Mm hmm. Um, it is for what maybe 110 minutes, well maybe 100 minutes of its 110 minute runtime mm-hmm. is just two people at a table in a restaurant talking, yes, having a conversation, mostly with one of them talking for at the other at the other at length. Mm-hmm. So, so we've got Wallace Shawn, who people will know. I mean, this is before he was in Princess Bride and things like that. 
um, and Andre Gregory where the two friends from the theatre mm-hmm. haven't seen each other in years and what is Sean is saying at the beginning where he's tried to actually avoid him over the years um, and yeah. just doesn't really tell you why but you get the you get the feeling that he's not this guy's biggest fan mm-hmm. um, and you get that through the start of the conversation as well yeah because he says he'd have, to get through the night you'd have to ask questions you know what I feel like I've actually wrote down why would you meet up with somebody and not ask them a question yeah what kind of weird conversations are they just like would he just go there and then just start saying statements and not lead it at yeah, fine. Can be quiet. <laughs> so, but what we get is we get this sort of like a bit of a um, prelude before the conversation of Wallace Shawn walking through the streets in New York, talking. You get, mm. you get to know that character as a bit cynical, a bit downtrodden. He is, for most part, like the working man. Yes. Um, and I think he represents in a lot of cases us within the film and mm-hmm. um, the, the audience but what do they talk about it's, it's more like what do they not talk about they talk about life they talk about death they talk about love they talk about all these different aspects of existence in the smirk on your face is growing by the <laughs> second well i was gonna say what do they talk about utter bollocks <laughs> was gonna be mine <laughs> <laughs> but it's for me, it's the vibe. It's at the start when you when you meet Andre, and he starts talking, and I think we are sort of like, what is this, like, what this guy, what is this guy talking about? He's just sort of going on these big long monologues about traveling in different cultures and experiencing mm-hmm. things, which he never thought he would, about leaving his family and um, to go traveling and things like that. Um, and you've just got Wallace Shawn who is yeah, asking questions but generally not even inputting into the conversation. He's just saying, go on, go on, in, in a sense, until maybe, what, halfway through, two-thirds of it through the conversation, yeah. he basically says, well, do you know what? I've had enough. I don't really agree with what you're saying. And it's not in a conflict or a combative sense. It's no. just the fact he's like, what you're saying doesn't make, really make sense to me. And he starts to put it in the context of his experiences mm-hmm. and how just because Gregory uh, Andre wants to live in one way, is it bad that he doesn't want to live in that same way? Yeah. And we'll get into a bit more um, of why I like this film, but give us your view. This film to me yeah. is about privilege. Yeah. That is this whole film. And Andre's going on and on and on. Um, one, neither of them say thank you to that goddamn waiter. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, you should always say, if your waiter brings you your drinks and shows you your table, you say thank you. Not a single one of them ever even acknowledge that a man is working hard there. Also, Wallace eats with his mouth open. Someone slap him and tell him to close his mouth because that's disgusting and the noise is awful. 30 minutes in, Andre has not asked a single question about Wallace. And then 
everything starts going off. Andre basically sounds like he's had a full mental breakdown and that he is on some sort of mushrooms throughout most of this thing. It's just so privileged. Like, Andre's been able to travel far and wide and experience all these things and being able to not work for God only knows how long and still being able to have a high level of high like level of living and go to these fancy restaurants and pay for somebody else's meal and do all this and he's like oh but what was it he says and um, everybody is dreaming we're all dreaming and that only when you can go to the forest in the Ukraine and have be rebaptized again um, can you wake up and suddenly realise what life is really about? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I actually then agreed with Wallace. He was like, well, no, actually, I really enjoy my life. I do this and I do this. And it's just like... I un- yeah, the I, I, other I, thing yeah. is... Right, I actually wrote this down. Andre starts off quite relaxed and friendly... And then she becomes angrier and more bitter. Do you think so? And Andrea Wallace. Andre. He yeah. just, just gets bitter throughout it. Because he's like, he thinks that if we look at our life in a positive way, then we're dreaming. And he holds grudges. It's like when he was saying about how his, his mom or somebody in the hospital um, had a bad arm. And they were like, oh, but she was dying. She was dying. And the doctor came back and he was like, oh, yeah, the arm's all healing and everything. Yeah, because that's what the doctor's there to look at. The arm is healing. And yes, that is a very elderly person. Probably couldn't, you know, making their last, however long they've got on earth, comfortable. But he just holds grudges. And then he gets so... He, he does. He gets really hostile and pessimistic, I found. and that, But then both parties, um, both complain about parties... That, are, that they're so full of jokes and performances. But then you feel like going, but if people went to parties and they were honest about what they were feeling right then that second, you're going to get people who are going to be miserable. You don't, you, because he was saying about how people go to parties and people don't want to listen to him when he's like, oh, this is bad, and this is bad. It's like, no, if I go to a big party... I don't want to sit with a misery guts in the corner. I want to have fun and have time to relax and, you know, maybe forget about a hard work day or whatever. And then the other thing is they go on about how, oh, I think Wallace says something like, oh, we don't, uh, nobody, or oh, was either Andre or Wallace, but they say nobody talks like this. Nobody discusses their feelings and what they're and being honest about themselves. And I felt like going, no. You don't do it because traditionally, sadly, men have been conditioned to not talk about their feelings. If it was two women sitting there and we went, do you know what? I'm really miserable. We go, oh, that's awful. Do you want to sit and talk about it? Get the root of it? That can be a normal Tuesday. You don't have to meet up with some person who's taken too much LSD and been buried alive to get to, to find out that he has emotions. Yeah, and I think what he does... I mean, I agree with with, with a lot a lot of what you're saying there, is it? but it's whilst he sat there giggling at me, <laughs> it's. I mean, Greg Andre is 
definitely showing that aspect of privilege and that's what he's there to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, not everything that either of them said do I agree with fully, but there's parts of each of them which I do. Um, and it's like, it's not even like the people, are the characters that I, I would enjoy to have a conversation with? Probably not, but... But I enjoy I enjoy watching them have that conversation, mm-hmm. even though I guess some of it I don't agree with. Like for example, you've got um, with Andre, he's like that privilege of basically saying that. Well, if you're living in any sort of monotony mm-hmm. and you're working just to work and not to live, then you're failing life. Yeah. And there is part of that which I do agree with. Part of it then is like, well, I do, again, with Wallace, is you do what you can do and you try and take out of life what you can. Yeah. Like, for example, yeah, not everybody can go um, travelling or things like that. But then again, like Andre, yeah, he does get a bit pessimistic because he goes on his big, big monologue about New York. And about New York being this sort of concentration camp and then wanting to get out and things like that, where that's quite powerful and quite sort of claustrophobic of being in this bigger city, the biggest city in the world and feeling like a jail, Mm -hmm. which I wouldn't say is an original idea, but you you can understand how that would be very, very suffocating. Yeah. Um, And with Wallace, you've got a person who is like well do you know what i enjoy my simplicity i enjoy mm-hmm. reading charlton heston's autobiography the go he again he goes on a bit of a dialogue regarding an electric blanket saying i i, I put I this in because it provides me comfort and it does this and it sort of it, it gives me what i need and what i what i enjoy and that i should i feel guilty for that yeah because then andre has he has the luxury of being a of of being able to feel cold, yeah. Like that's what I literally he he literally has that privilege. He's like, oh, but if you have on the electric blanket, it separates you from reality because then you don't feel. It's like you don't feel the cold, and you know if you felt the cold more, you'd be like, oh, I'm gonna get up and put another blanket on the bed, or I'm gonna cuddle my spouse more and get their warmth and be closer to them, or I might actually enjoy the cold. Bitch, you ain't ever been poor. Where you are cold and it means that you then can't sleep, you can't, you, you maybe catch something and that means it would then affect your working, being able to get more money. He doesn't have to no. worry about that sort of thing because he doesn't, he's fine, he's rich. He is always going to be, he's so, uncomfortable, is always going to be more comfortable than a person who is less privileged. So- so, in essence, is it that you disliked Andrea so much that you didn't enjoy the film? You didn't enjoy what was being discussed and what was what the whole like sort of rhetoric and the whole sort of. I think I would have enjoyed what was being discussed more because I like a philosophical discussion. I like that. I didn't like it coming out of Andre because I felt like he was just talking down to Wallace. Have you ever heard of Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the top is self-actualization that everybody has to strive towards. There's only one person who's self-actualized. Maslow. 
Maslow self actualized. There is only one person in this conversation that is awake. That is Andre. Because he's found the key. He's so clever. And he can do this. And why aren't you doing this, Wallace? And Wallace is standing there going, because I got bills to pay. And I have other responsibilities that I can't just pay off. But but that's what I I think is like, I completely agree with that. But the fact that this film is bringing it up, it's it's not saying agree with either one. It's saying that there is there is this happening in the world, like they're just representations. It's it's like that dialogue should be happening all the time because you you always get like celebrities or rich people talking down to like, oh, I can meditate for three hours a day. Yeah. But it's like, well, do you know what? I get up at six o'clock in the morning to work. Yes. But it's like, it's not the person that I enjoy. It's the, it's the discussion that's yeah. happening because generally, because you're going to need two conflicting, two conflicting ideals for that dialogue to really have. Because if they both had the same ideas, it would be boring. I it, get it would, that, but it's the fact that then Wallace is is happy to have this conversation mm. and he's interested and he's like, oh, it's all this sort of stuff. But then, um. I'd wrote down, let me just have it. He just wants like a, a simple life. And there's a bit where he talks about, um, oh, what is it? Like, it, he makes Wallace feel bad because Wallace is nice in his little world. Mm-hmm. He says he's polite to people. He's all, you know, he's this, this. His world is... New York and he tries to make a difference in his world mm. and he says but then he but then the way Wallace uh, Andre sort of speaks he makes Wallace feel like well but then you're you're saying about you know the person starving on the inside of the world I'd like to help but I can't yeah, yeah. as much and then Andre's like well you should be helping why aren't you helping and I just I just felt I there wasn't a redemption for the Andre character. He didn't take what Wallace said and sort of go, okay, I can understand why this would be difficult for you. And yes, I can see, but we should all, like, that I am very lucky to be able to do this, but we should all sort of of try and strive towards that. Mm. Instead, the way he does this and the way he just goes on and on and on never once asking Wallace anything about himself it's just sort of like he then makes Wallace go oh when we left I saw all these places and you because I feel like he kind of felt like he had to he had to appreciate these things and he had to then go oh I remember when I went there with my dad and I bought a suit or I went there after school and I got an ice cream and everything but he's making Wallace look at things in a different way but not necessarily a good way because he's just the guy goes on about new world order and about how everybody's going to go up to secret planets to refuel okay but at that point I need to put crazy person yeah, I think what there's a certain things that I do love about this. For one, it 
really does not feel like an American movie. No. Uh, it has this distinctive European feel, and that comes from, I mean, Louis Mal, um started off in the late 50s and came alongside the French New Wave with Godard and Truffaut and Chabrol, but was never really one of them. Um, his style was a little bit different. So you can... you. I don't think you'd be able to get a properly like American director to give this sort of um, a, a movie to mm. the world because it just it feels completely abstract compared to anything like that. It's like again, it's breaking all the rules. Like there's literally no plot. It's just it, it's a theater piece. You think this this could take place on a stage, mm-hmm. whereas like um, Wally Shaw and Andre Gregory probably were in the theater at that time and. It feels very much like a film that they wrote because films like this were wasn't getting made yeah. or weren't getting made, and, and they they enjoyed that or they couldn't get work, and therefore mm. they thought, right, do let's do the thing of trying to write our own movie to star in, and it would have been cheap to make, obviously. Yeah, for me, it's it's all the ideas that it brings up and, and, and challenges. It's the magnetism of storytelling. Mm-hmm. So. Like when Andrea starts talking and you you just sort of question him, but then it sort of goes from him just stream of conscious, just trying to tell all these stories about him, but then it becomes a bit more of a dialogue and a bit more of a conversation when Wallace does get in. And then yeah. you realise, well, in, in my case, it's been half hour and it, you just feel like you're watching this conversation. It's, like, it's incredibly voyeuristic. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it's just the intrigue of, I don't know, looking through a crack in a wall at this conversation happening and not not, not really empathising with, with either of the characters because so some of them have ideas which I, which I don't agree with, but just the fact that it, it feels... Like somebody could have all these conversations, and like these characters, these people do exist. It feels authentic, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's. But even though it is two two people talking, and it's not hugely cinematic, you do notice sort of flourishes. Like Andre goes on this story about Halloween, and about being buried alive. Yes, and that it, it sort of the camera just slowly just moves closer and closer and ends in like a. a an extreme close up on him, and it's so it stays. And every time it cuts to him talking, you you're in this extreme close up. And that story is sort of hypnotic, mm-hmm. and just hearing his voice and it's terrifying what he's describing. It's like what, what, for me, yeah, it's it's pure storytelling. It's not it's, it's not telling the story through plot and through something that is engineered in a way, mm-hmm. or it's structured to sort of going to like a three-act structure. It's just like the old story. They say before anything, before we had radio, before we had books, before just of somebody talking through something and being engaged by it. Um, it, I find it kind of very, very like audacious in a way of like who would even want to film this and how and who would want to watch it. How it was filmed. I like how you said it felt very, very voyeuristic. I like the fact it had all the background noise and yeah. creaking of the floorboards and the footsteps and the people laughing and everything. So it felt very, very authentic. I just found that Andre had no redeeming qualities. 
for a man who was so awake and so, you know, living in the moment and seeing everything, it, he he couldn't even... He's so very self-involved. Very self-involved and couldn't even acknowledge somebody getting him a drink. Yeah. Like, he barely, he like just went, mm, yeah. And I just thought, you, you, the more he went on, the more he did, he said, talked about this. I just felt like, what? You, you are no better than anyone. You have, you, you've just came up with a different idea. Yeah. Anything else? Um. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. Neither of them ate their damn food. Yeah, neither of them did really eat the food. And do you know what the salad came about 15 minutes into the main course? I was like, I'll be like, where's my salad? <laughs> so, okay, maybe it's not the best service in the fancy restaurant, but at least say thank you. Oh, and the whole uh, romanticising Jack Kerouac for being on the road and everything. So see, for me, it's like the fact is, I love di- like I love films that are quite a catalyst for discussion, you know what I mean? Like, love it or hate it. Like, this is very much... Like, you don't watch My Dinner with Andre and come out and say, do you know what? That was okay. Because it, it is so completely different to what you are used to by watching a film. Like it's, you can either say, do you know what? That's completely refreshing. Or, what the hell have I just watched for two hours? I'm not being funny. I was a little bit disappointed. I thought it was going to be more like the one from Community. <laughs> You know, like growing older and relationships because that's what they talk about. But they do talk about relationships and they do talk about sort of like how that fulfills you or how like is is that even like the main part of the like life, you know what I mean? Yeah, but that's more realistic than we built a building that has the roof what was it? The roof weighed down by rocks so that we from the beach so that the energy from the rocks can go into the building and then if the space aliens come, then the building can lift up. That's just bollocks. That that's that's no way to live. That is just you have got involved in a little bit of a cult there. Right. Uh, well, I think that's probably <laughs> going to be it for my dinner with Andrea. <laughs> Yay! Never need to watch it again. <laughs> but now. Um, but that's it for another episode, really. We'll be back next week, um, yes. next Monday. And, yeah, as always, go to podsyndicate.com, but we are podsyndicate.com. Go yes. check out all the podcasts there. And uh, If you want to get in touch, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, you can get us an email. And that's about it. That it's a nice it. short one. Yeah, of just me being angry. Of you just being angry at a guy who doesn't exist. Those men exist. <laughs> Those type of men exist. And if you are one, just look at just look at other people. Look at the bigger picture. Couldn't put it better myself. Awesome. <laughs> That's a goodbye from me. Bye.